This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Before we get into today's show, a huge thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring today's episode. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, this is your sign. Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasters to some amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities. Pretty much any brand I've talked about, whether it is Hum Nutrition or Forge or Project, they've all been found through Podcorn. With Podcorn, there is no middleman, and the beautiful thing is podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. So this means a podcast of any size, even if you are just starting out, you can start talking about what you love and start monetizing your business. Podcorn allows you to set your own rate collaborate with brands directly, and you get to choose who you work with. You get to decide who is most reflective of your core values. If you've ever thought about getting into the influencer space, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west when working with brands. So it's so amazing to have some support through Podcorn. You never give up any rights to your podcast and Podcorn is there to support you through every step of the way to ensure you're protected and you're always compensated for the work that you do for brands, which unfortunately isn't always the case. Sometimes you have to chase people down and say, hey, what about that sponsorship I did a month ago? I still haven't been paid. That never happens with Podcorn. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. You can click the link in my show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. It is always a good time to make money doing what you love, so I hope this message inspires you. And without further ado, let's jump into the show. You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me, one-on-one, dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spot industry. I'm Tess, and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, Take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Welcome back to the treatment room. I'm your host, Tess. I am so excited for this episode. I feel like it's been a little minute since I just talked to you one-on-one and I have spontaneously whipped out the mic to talk about this subject. It's something I am super passionate about and it has been taking up a lot of my time recently and that is private labeling. So we are going to get into what private labeling is, sort of the broad definition, and why it might be beneficial in aesthetics. I also want to talk about why it may not be for you and sort of the argument against it. I never want somebody to just blindly think my way is the way and I have it all figured out. I can assure you I do not, but I've just always 
wanted my platform to be a place where I share in my journey and in my process and my truths. And this has been the focus of my journey right now. And I feel like there's been a little bit of curiosity about it, but I haven't fully explained it. And many people in aesthetics don't exactly know what it is. Again, there are classes on private labeling. People definitely talk about it. But in my opinion, it's not emphasized as much as it necessarily should be. And a big question I get and a question I get about people who are wondering if they if they can potentially build a successful life and provide for themselves, if that is your one of your questions and a big concern, this might be a way for you to earn more. So I'm all about highlighting ways to be more successful as an esthetician. I think there's a lot of ways to do that. And the options really are just expanding. Now we have the power of the internet, we have social media. So I think a lot more tools and opportunities are becoming available for estheticians, such as podcasting, such as being an influencer in your own right, working alongside other brands, or even creating your own. So I think that's a good segue into talking about private label and what it is. Okay, so I'm on the Shopify website right now. They have a pretty thorough explanation and definition of private label. So I want to read a little bit about that. So a private label, a private label product is manufactured by a contract or a third party manufacturer and then sold under a retailer's brand name. As the retailer, you specify everything about the product, what goes in it, how it's packaged, what the label looks like, essentially all of the branding there, and you pay to have it produced and delivered to your store. This is in contrast to buying products from other companies with their brand names on them. So for example, I'm just going to think of a big a big brand name that estheticians would use. So for example, an esthetician might have is clinical, they might have image skincare, they might have eminence, they might have skin so many different things. Jan Marini, or instead, an esthetician could decide to private label their products. They would then go seek out a manufacturer, have the products produced, and then put their own spa name or their own personal brand name, whatever they want, on their new products. So private labeling is something that's not only used in aesthetics. For example, Target also sells a variety of branded snacks from companies like General Mills and Frito-Lay, but then it also sells its own branded chips and crackers under the Archer Farms brand, if you've ever seen that at Target. That is Target's private label brand, Archer Farms. So it is just a way to go about cutting out the middleman and and creating more brand power for yourself and more profitability and directing attention from the consumers that are already shopping with you 
back to you. So hair salons often create their own branded line of shampoos, conditioners, and styling products for their customers. Restaurants might even decide to private label condiments that have become popular with customers. A maid service could even private label a line of household cleaners, or a pet store could private label a line of pet food and grooming tools. So, or even CVS, you see this all the time when you're looking at medicine instead of the big brand names such as Dayquil or NyQuil, you might see the CVS version of that product that contains all the same active ingredients, but it's branded under the CVS name. So let's talk about some of the advantages of private labeling. The first is customization, and I think this is huge. So as the esthetician, as the skincare professional, you are the expert you understand what the frequent needs of clients are. You understand the gaps maybe in your current product line that you offer. You understand the gaps in the marketplace. You see what people are attracted to. You might hear what people complain about. And you get to choose what goes in these products what stays out? Maybe you're noticing, huh, people are getting really savvy about drying alcohols in their toners and their cleansers and their acne products. People really don't want that. Huh, okay. Little red flag to me, little light bulb that maybe I could create something better that doesn't have those things. So you get to decide, hmm, as somebody creating my own brand, what is my general philosophy on skin. That's also another reason I would say maybe it's not right for you to create a private label right off the bat as an emerging esthetician. I think it takes a little bit of time to develop your philosophy on skin and that might change as you really have hands-on experience touching skin, looking at skin, seeing the transformations. I really think it can change because you might hear essential oils are bad, essential oils are bad. Then you might have an experience working with a certain percentage of essential oils. And this is just one example. You might see a different outcome and start to create your own philosophies in skincare. That is something, and I always respect different opinions. I may disagree, but I always respect people who form their own conclusions in skincare and create their own personal philosophies based on what they see working. And that should be what makes a brand unique because... It is unique to them and their experiences, and that's what I think is beautiful about the skincare industry. It's not so black and white. There might be things we heavily agree on or things we disagree on, but I think the beauty of our industry is that people can have varied opinions and create their own unique, strong brands around their own philosophies. So I think it would take a little bit of time but somebody should think about what are the types of ingredients I would want in my products? What, what would I definitely want to leave out? Maybe you understand there's, there's a need for products that are fragrance-free. There's a need for products that are oil-free or non-comedogenic. 
maybe you create your own product line out of what you have really noticed is not available to people on the market or even just to your direct clientele and the people who walk through your spa door. Another advantage of customization is that you, as a smaller retailer, you really have a lot more freedom and you can move more quickly to get a private label product in production. If you see there is a demand for it, say you're starting, say we're talking (laughs) a couple years ago, you're really starting to notice there's a big need for hyaluronic acid serums and not many people have them. That could be something you jump on, whereas large companies might not be so interested in a niche product or ingredient. That was a really bad example because hyaluronic is so mainstream. It's used in so many moisturizers, but say you see a certain ingredient is really rising into popularity and you see let's say niacinamide would be a better example (laughs) niacinamide a couple years ago you see that there is a big need for it and not a lot of companies are doing it that could be something you hop on and you offer without waiting for the perfect niacinamide serum to come on the market you could decide based on the appropriate percentage you see as effective amongst clients and jump on that product and and start to make it. Another big draw and benefit of private labeling is that you have total control over the branding. And if you are limited financially, you may have less freedoms. Some companies um, will allow you to bring your own packaging in and they will fill your custom packaging Other companies will say, we just give you the bottles. We give you the product in the bottles as is, and you have space to do a logo, to do a screen print, to do a full wrap, which is a label around the product. So this definitely varies, but you do have control over the branding. So you get to decide how the packaging looks more or less, and you get to think about how that image translates in everything you do in your marketing. You could have social media as an extension of your brand. You could have an Instagram account. You could have a YouTube channel for that brand. You could reach out to influencers that you could envision as the target market using your products. And in doing this, you are promoting yourself, not someone else. So you are establishing yourself as a strong entity. I think it really projects confidence to create a skincare line and to say you believe in it and you really should believe in the ingredients and feel they can help somebody to achieve the results and hopefully they are products you would use in a treatment plan for your clients. But I do think in customizing it and in having control over the branding, over the whole process, you really position yourself as an expert and maybe you position yourself 
next to other lines you carry in your spa. Some estheticians will just private label a couple of products, and that's a great way to start. Joelle Lee really stressed that in her class. She said, start small, start with a couple things. Don't go crazy. <laughs> I can't say I'm taking your advice. I'm going a little bit crazier than I probably should be and creating a few things. But that is just, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, and especially since she recommended doing that, you could totally seize the opportunity to create one product. Maybe you notice there's not an exfoliant you love in the, in the, in the big brand name products that you offer. That could be an opportunity for you to private label and again, position yourself as a strong branded entity. When you are working with a big brand like Image Skincare, that company has control over the production costs and they have control over the pricing and the wholesale retail value. So you are only making a small percentage of the whole the the retail value minus the wholesale value. That's what you get to take home and therefore the retailer has control over the level of profitability that that you are making as the esthetician. So you're definitely more limited when you are working basically just on commission getting a small percentage of the retail products that you are probably working really hard to sell. So when you're private labeling, you are cutting out the middleman. You are buying directly from the manufacturer. So their costs, when you're buying from, again, somewhere like Image, they have already inflated their costs to account for shipping, branding, marketing, packaging, all those things. And when you are creating your own private label, you do have to pay for the manufacturer to produce the product. You have to pay for that product wholesale, but you are cutting out the middleman. So instead of going from manufacturer to image skincare to you as the esthetician, you're just going manufacturer to you and then you sell it to the consumer. So you are cutting your costs in half, and you really are in control of your earnings. You are also in control of your prices. So this is something that I would say is definitely can be attractive to estheticians. Maybe you buy a cleanser for $10 and you sell it for $30, $40, $50. You could charge whatever you deem is fair. So Essentially, you are creating more opportunity for yourself by increasing your profit margins. The last thing I want to mention in regards to profitability is that you can really avoid the whole price wars scenario when you are private labeling because you are really, at least to the consumer's knowledge, you are the only one with that product with that hyaluronic acid branded in your name and you are the only one with that entire product line. There's no way they can go to Amazon or Sephora or some other competitor who is undercutting your costs and selling it. So that way you are positioned as a unique entity 
in the skincare marketplace if somebody wants that product, unless you are selling on Amazon, which is possible, but unless they go to you and purchase it, they cannot have that product. So you are definitely in a lot more control and positioning yourself um, in a much better place, I think, especially in this day and age when, unfortunately, a lot of people and clients have the attitude, why would I go out of my way to buy the products from a spa when I can just buy is clinical from Derm Store or on Amazon? And, you know, I hopefully they are shopping local if they can. I'm always an advocate for shopping local and buying from an authorized small business if you can instead of the big guys. But unfortunately, this is the world we live in. People are, you know, a lot more apt to buy something on Amazon because it is convenient. So although there's more education about people should buy and shop local, a lot of times spas are at a disadvantage because their same product might get listed on derm store, they might have a sale, and then it's like, why would somebody, you know, go out of their way to buy the brand? Okay, let's talk about some of the reasons private labeling could be a challenge. So first off, some say there can be difficulty building loyalty. There can be a challenge getting people to buy from you as an esthetician. I personally disagree with this, but first I'll explain and then I'll tell you why I disagree. So some do say established household brands have the upper hand and they can be found in a variety of retail outlets. They really have all the marketing tools, they have all the support, they have all the money behind them to sell those products. They have a budget for influencers, they have a budget for advertising, they have uh, likely a, mo- a lot more resources than you do as a solo esthetician and a small business. But I think this can work to your advantage. Your product is only sold in your store, so people have to seek you out and can only buy it from you. It could be seen as a disadvantage because that does limit customer access to it and you are getting less exposure because people can only find your product if they find you. Whereas something like is clinical, you might see and you might be exposed to it a lot more often. And there, some people say the more time you're exposed to something, the more often you want to buy it. So that is one argument. The next is that you really are dependent on the manufacturer. So since production of your product line is in the hands of a third party, if this third party is new to the business, if they don't know what they're doing, if they don't, if they haven't figured out how to scale, if they don't have the resources behind them, and you have an order for 50 products and they're out of stock could be a little bit tricky to navigate. So that is one of the reasons you really want to do your research. And I say, spend time on it. This is what's honestly taking me so long, you guys. And you will find out more about companies as you work with them, as you go. Things will come up. You might change your mind. So it's very important to partner with well-established companies. Otherwise, 
you could be setting yourself up for failure if your manufacturer runs into problems. So I really only recommend working with companies that have been in the business for a number of years. And I'm talking decades, maybe 40 years, 50 years. If somebody is new to the scene, they have less than a couple years under their belt, probably want to move on and think about somebody who is really has been prepared to scale, has the inventory behind them, has the resources all established already. I think that puts you at less risk. Okay, another potential downside of private labeling. I feel like it breaks my heart to read read these things that I found, but I just want to put the truth out there and then you guys can research more. You can decide for yourself. So another component of private labeling is that creating a unique design is truly very costly. And it is difficult to find good designers at good rates who will develop outstanding designs. Remember, you are competing with Sephora's most sophisticated design team, all these huge brands that are million-dollar companies, brands that are owned by Estee Lauder. They have all this money straight up for their packaging. They have all these resources. They have people to specifically source out unique packaging design, which is a little bit trickier than than you might think, but they really have the resources to develop outstanding designs. Okay, next I wanted to touch on a Dermascope article that highlights some more disadvantages of private labeling. The article is called The Case Against Private Label, and they say it may not be in a licensed professional's best interest to put themselves in a position where their personal credibility may be questioned. Consumers know that spas have choices as to which brands they carry. They know there are hundreds of brands on the market and wonder why a professional would elect to to place their name slash brand on the label. Guests may perceive that the spa's owner carries private label for egocentric reasons to get their name on the box. Okay, I don't know if I agree with that perspective necessarily. And let's see, when was this written? This was written in 2014. So I don't know if it's, I think the small business is really, this is just my opinion. I think it is really rising to the top. I think people are a lot more willing now than in 2014 to pay a premium for premium specialty small business goods. That's that's my opinion and I think I think things have changed with time. I think people are a lot more open to buying from buying a private label from a boutique or a small business than they were maybe 5 years ago when we really put emphasis on brand power and that's those big powerful companies, you know, that we look at and we just think there's no way a force could reckon with a big brand name like is clinical or image. I think things are changing a little bit. I think there is a lot more, a lot more, um, 
value placed on skincare professionals as well. If people like and trust you and know your identity as a professional, I think having your own brand can really lend itself to having more credibility and branding yourself further. I think people are much more likely to want to buy from a personality, from a person, something that's humanized. I, somebody may not have any personal connection just looking looking at image products or looking at an is clinical box, but if they see your product and they know it's created by you and they've had a good experience with you, they've trusted you with their skin for a number of years, why wouldn't they trust you with their skincare products? They know it's in their best interest to give you products that work. You wouldn't necessarily steer them wrong for the sake of putting your name on a box and making some money. I mean, I'm sure some people will, but I don't think it's in the esthetician's advantage to do that because we still have a whole lot to risk by putting our name out there and putting our name on something. So yes, there is a big risk factor. Your brand and your reputation really are your stock and trade. And professionals build their whole communities trust over many, many years. They work really hard to earn that that reputation and maintain it. It it just starts building your clientele. It's a one person at a time kind of thing. And yeah, it takes a small thing to tarnish a personal or a business reputation. If a product were to get moldy or cause a rash or irritation or not be beneficial, um, that would not be good for an esthetician. So yes, anytime the business's brand name is put on a product, there is a potential risk there. But I think there could also be a big reward if it is done right, only if it is done right. And there's the time spent into researching all of the ingredients, all of the products. It's something you truly want to take your time with. You are never in a rush, but definitely not in a rush when you put your own name on something. Okay, the next piece that Dermascope touches on is the fact that a consumer will not relate to unattractive packaging. And I would say I do agree with this. So, and this is so true. I have many friends who work at, you know, in big beauty companies who are designers themselves or who have worked for big brands like Sephora. And when I've come to them and told them I'm starting a skincare line, the first thing they want to talk about is the packaging. And, you know, it kind of goes against all you've been taught as an esthetician that the packaging is not the main component of whether a skincare product is good or bad. It's important. But I think we are always taught it's about the formula. It's about the treatment plan. It's about the grade. It's about the actives. It, but consumers who are not privy to all that really do make judgments based on the packaging. So it's something to keep in mind. This article says, when products look less appealing, consumers buy less. Consumers who have purchased very high-end products in retail stores or online 
may recognize quality more so than ever. So if a consumer buys private label because they trust the professional who advises them and they don't like the results or they don't relate to the packaging, that does contribute to losing trust. They might they may buy less from the spa, they may not come back at all, but I would say that's a pretty severe judgment, but it's certainly possible somebody doesn't like their packaging, they disconnect from you, they don't relate to you, or they feel that the job was sloppy, the product was not well thought out, so it could come back to bite you. But you definitely want to think about the quality, the packaging, the branding, the overall experience of the products, which is, again, why I am taking my time with this process. I need to test it on as many people as I can. I need to feel confident because I know I myself, I'm a harsh critic. So I have to be happy with it before I can put my name on it and give it the exposure it deserves. The last piece that I want to touch on of private labeling and Dermascope highlights this. They say if you do want to customize private label products by improving the formula or getting custom packaging or creating a custom formula, understand that your your manufacturer's capability and willingness to accommodate your requests may not be there. So not all manufacturers have the machines and components to fill the the custom packaging that you find. Their product development and testing fees for custom formulas can be very high. And you also have to think about ingredient and packaging minimums that can cost tens of thousands of dollars per product. And you may not have the volume to use up the ingredient inventory before the expiration date. So there may be minimums that require large and very costly inventory. If you want to go the custom packaging route, you may have to buy a lot in bulk. For my research, usually companies want like a 200 quantity product minimum to do custom. So that is definitely something to think about and um, keep in mind. And I would agree. I think the overall sentiment of this article is that homemade products, you know, if somebody were just to be making something on their own that doesn't contain actives, that's not a well thought out formula. If if the product looks cheap, if there's a, an obvious low cost marketing plan going on that definitely does not appeal to buyers and buyers are more savvy than ever they've never been exposed to this many products on instagram on social media people are very very savvy so that said i would say the learning curve is definitely significant and it can be this whole private labeling process it can be like a whole new job a whole new profession a whole new expertise to learn about it's not it's not this simple thing of just slapping your name on a bottle and that's it it's it's definitely it is a process. Not to say it can't be done, but it can definitely be time consuming, especially for 
busy estheticians, but I think if done the right way, if you feel you have a trusted audience, if you feel those people and you hear this often from them, that they'll support you no matter what, that they would buy something that, that you put your name on. If you start hearing that echoed, you start feeling like you really have a well-established audience, I think there could could be potential. I mean, for me, this was just something I'd always wanted to do. And I think having that dedicated social audience has really supported me in my dreams, which is why I always stress the value of the internet, of social media, of sharing your voice and your journey and your story, and thus creating your own brand. I think you have a lot more opportunity available to you. I think when I started looking into private labeling, these companies hadn't really heard of an esthetician who didn't have a brick and mortar spa just going out on her own and creating her own products and treatment line. I think they were kind of like, huh, nobody's that we've worked with. And I'm sure it's been done. But they were like, nobody has really, this is not the traditional route, which it's not. And fortunately, I'm comfortable not doing things the traditional way. I just spend a lot of time researching what I'm doing and educating myself. So I'm not going into it blindly and setting myself up for failure. But I think it's all about establishing trust and ensuring that you have an audience to sell to. If you didn't have, you know, if you have a spa, that's one thing. You can introduce your product slowly. People have the option to buy it or not. Things are relatively low risk because you have that established, you have that established audience there in place. If you're mostly working with a social audience, um, I think things are definitely a little bit risky. But I mean, we've seen influencers create their own quote unquote private label, whether it is a clothing line or a lip gloss. We see that all the time. So I think the opportunities are definitely expanding and it's something to think about. It's something to look into. I highly, highly recommend taking Joelle Lee's class if you do have interest in private labeling. I'm sure there's others out there too, but I really enjoyed her class and I love Joelle. But yeah, this is what I've been up to, guys. Now you can sort of understand more about the process because I remember not really knowing what private label was. But now that you understand it, maybe you can think about your own needs and your own realities and what makes sense for you. Maybe it doesn't. I think a big piece of just our own journeys and figuring out, you know, what is our our best path is just thinking about maybe what what doesn't make sense and knowing for sure no, I want to build a reputation based on working with something that's, you know, somewhat laid out for me. A lot of estheticians have had success working with big brand names, but this is an opportunity and I'm all about just sharing 
progressive approaches and new ways to do things and think outside the box. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it just made you a little bit more informed than you were before you listened or inspired you in some way. Thank you as always so much for listening. And please let me know if you have interest in this topic, private labeling. I can certainly create more content around the topic and private labeling. I'm sure I'll do a YouTube video, but that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys, and I will speak to you in the next episode.